0: Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. We start preaching at 10, 11, 20, you know, the Holy Spirit just moves and everyone's like, some of the old timers are like, thank you, I can finally have lunch at 12 today. Well, you know, you, don't, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Are you excited for the Word of God today? Yeah. Well, I am here to, um, I'm, I'm here to do, announce something really, really good about the Word because um, last week I started a, uh, really, I thought it was like a one-time thing. It was called Jesus in the house. Come on, say Jesus in the house. And I, I received so many testimonies. I had never preached that before, and I went, through, I went through scriptures of when Jesus went into the temple. Come on, say amen. By the way, you can say amen in this church. There you go. Come on, Miss Linda, I need a training on amens. We're gonna have a training on amens team, Miss Linda, after service. <laughs> you're really excited is the high-pitched amen if you're just a really reverent it's like amen (laughs) no but 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 for real though i i never i have taught this and i got so many um so many testimonies from it, even what happened to the altar this past week uh that i'm i'm making a series out of when jesus is in the house and so i'm gonna do part two of when jesus is in the house some of you guys were not here but basically here's a review uh let's pray can we let's pray let's get your bibles out and we're gonna be turning to um Uh, A couple of scriptures here this morning, but the first scripture is John chapter seven. Now, before you turn there, before you put it up, let's pray because I'm going to give a review and let's just ask the Lord to speak to us. How many are hungry for the word of God this morning? Come on. How many are hungry for the word? So, Father, we come before you today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would anoint your word. Lord, with signs and wonders following. We ask, Lord Jesus, that, Lord God, that as we open the word together as a spiritual community, that your fire would come. Lord Jesus, that you would come and you would release, Lord God, growth and spiritual maturity because of your word. Strengthen us. Let us hear your word without the devourer coming and snatching it, Lord. Your word says that the seed was sown, and only 25% of the seed that was sown, Lord God, produced good fruit. But today, we're asking 100% of the seed of the word of God that is sown in our lives to, to birth fruit that will remain. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, part one, uh, last week I start, I entitled... Uh, Jesus in the house I don't know if we have the graphics act of, of the series but it's called when Jesus is in the house you know who's in the house Jesus. so what I did not want to harp on was the physical house although we do include Jesus coming into a physical house or a physical temple but what the Lord showed me is that there's there were four main things last week That I saw when Jesus went into the temple that parallel the very same things he wants to do in our spiritual temple. Come on. Jesus did four things last last week when we talked about it. When he went to the temple, right after praise and worship, right after the people were singing Hosanna in the highest, he went into the temple. Again, this is a review so that we could do part two so you guys will know. And the first thing that he did when he went into the temple... The temple. Now, remember, the Bible says that we are not our own and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So everything that Jesus does in the physical temple, I believe he wants to do in the spiritual temple. Come on, which is your life. So when Jesus is in the house, what I'm talking about is not only is the Lord living in you through the Holy Spirit, but when he comes to your life in a greater dimension and more concentrated way through your surrender, he wants to start doing things in the temple. So last week, the first thing, let's see if you remember, I'll say it anyways. The first thing he did when he went into the temple was what? He cleansed. Oh, come on, you guys took notes. He cleansed the the temple, listen, and he drove out things that did not belong. So before he started overturning things, the first thing he did was cleanse. Everybody say cleanse. I believe the first thing that Jesus wants to do when he comes again to your temple is starts cleaning things out. Start putting house, your house in order. Start purifying some things. We identified about five or six major things. I'm not going to go through that. Of what God, believe, I believe, needs to be cleansed from our temple, right? And, and you just fill in the blanks because purity and holiness has to do with cleansing. And I believe there's a lot of Christians, and if I could just be honest, unfortunately, that don't have pure temples. As a matter of fact, that scripture in Corinthians, it says, do not give your bodies to sexual morality for you are bought with a price and your life is no longer your own. So the second thing he did, what, what was the second thing he did? So the first thing he did is what he cleansed the temple. The second thing he did, he canceled what was not the will of God in the temple by overturning tables and and the chairs. It was very important for me to understand that, that, that the, there was pieces of furniture that he overturned that was very prophetic because the bible says that the tables were the things that the the money changers watches were counting on in the sanctuary in the temple in other words by overturning the tables he's overturning everything that you and i are counting on come on or banking on that does not belong in the temple in other words you're banking on your finances it's more than or your checking account more than you're banking on god you're 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 Trusting and lean more on your own strength or your own wisdom than the strength of God, right? So he overturns that. Then he overturned the chairs. And the chairs had to do with comfort, with inaction. And Jesus wants to overturn our comfort zone. That was a good way to say amen. So that we could be active pursuing him and doing what we're called to do. So he, he overturned some things. The third thing, he, this is again review. I'm almost done with my review. The third thing he did was... He, he declared who the owner was, right? Listen, to it, Right. to it's all in Matthew 21. You can read that for review, or you can look at our app, for the, and you can listen to the podcast. Once he, he drove things out, come on, of the temple that didn't belong there, once he started overturning things, he started declaring, my house is a house of prayer. Oh, I love this. I want to pause and say this. If you've ever given your life to the Lord for real, you have to know that your life is no longer your own. You will be frustrated in your life if you continually try to serve God while you're the owner. You can't serve God. Why? Why do I say that? Because there's some things he's going to ask of you that are not going to feel pretty to you. But unless you know that he's the owner of your life, then you won't get offended when he asks you to forgive somebody that hurts you. Or answer the call or lovingly correct you. Right? And, of course, the fourth thing he did was the Bible says after, after the smoke was cleared, in a sense, the lame and the blind came to him in the temple. And it was, I spoke about him healing, not only physically. We're, we're going to talk more about that today. But, but emotionally, because the lame speak of people who cannot have progress because of their condition. And so he healed after that. So today, I saw some things in my study. And believe me, I already have content until next week because I studied hard this week and next week is going to be really powerful what i saw the lord did does when he enters the temple so today um i want to just talk about three main things uh, in addition to what we did last week because there there are places in scriptures in the scriptures where describe jesus going either to the temple say temple to the house say house or to the synagogue say synagogue right So all those three words I want to use interchangeably with your temple or your house. All right? Right? We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, your bodies are the house of the Lord. Come on say amen. Right? So whenever you hear the word today, temple, synagogue, right? Or, Or house, or Jesus went into the house. I want you to think, I've never seen this before, what Jesus does. His activity when he went into the temple, when he went to synagogues, he went to the house, and how it parallels with what he wants to do today. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. So there are some things that Jesus did when he went into homes that I think that, that God wants to do today. So I want you to see the first slide up there. And, and I'm going to give it to you before I give you the scripture because I want it to hit you. When Jesus comes in the house or in your temple, all right, he desires to teach us. Everybody say Teach us. Come on, say, teach us us. with sound biblical doctrine from his word so we could grow into maturity. Now, I want you to listen to this because this is something I've never really taught about. When Jesus comes into your house or when Jesus comes to the temple, right, into your temple, he wants you to be equipped with sound biblical teaching. That is a lost art in the church today. What are you talking about, Jesus? Yes, he's highlighting teaching when he comes in the temple. And I want you to see in in John chapter 7 and John chapter 8 what Jesus did many times as soon as he entered the temple. Because church, here's the news. If we don't have sound biblical teaching, the Bible says even the very elect will be deceived. And so many reject teaching because it doesn't make them shout or it doesn't make them run around the church or it's not promising great boats and houses but true biblical doctrine will ground you and grow you yeah. here's the key do you want to grow yeah. who wants to grow into maturity yeah. you cannot do it without sound biblical teaching yeah. are you ready for this now look at john chapter 7 look at that verse this is i'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning no, maybe you're you're saying amen pretty good today. Seven John chapter, John, John, John. Like let him have it, Pastor. John chapter seven, verse fourteen. Look at what it says here. Here it goes. I want everyone to look at your your Bibles, your your um, smartphones, or the screen. Look what it says. Now, about the middle of the feast, okay? Now in the middle of the feast, that was the Feast of Tabernacles, by the way. Very, very prophetic there. Jesus went up, hold, oh, I'm, I'm going to shout, into the temple. Everybody say, he went into the temple and taught. Listen, he went into the temple. Now, remember last week, he went to the temple and started dealing with things. This time, he's, he's going into the temple and saying, okay, I dealt with things. I'm going to a temple in a different form now, and I want to grow you. I want to mature you. I don't want you to just to be baby Christians all year. I want to be able to come into your temple, into your house, into your life, and I want you to receive sound teaching. And I could tell by by the way that a society responds to the biblical teaching that that's no longer a thing, a popular thing for them. But let me tell you something: it can no longer just be a popular thing; to you, it needs to be a necessity for you. Now look at. Let's keep going. Look at what it says in verse fifteen and. Through 18. Now watch this. And the Jews marveled, saying, how does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine. By the way, the word doctrine is is another word for teaching, all right? My doctrine is not mine, but he, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will. This is a deep statement right here. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine. Mm whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him. So watch this. John chapter seven, Jesus comes into the temple and he teaches the people. He's so passionate about teaching the word and the kingdom of God because he knows what sound biblical teaching will do to an individual that really wants to grow. I'll say this, you and I will never grow past where we're at if we are not accepting and getting into our spirit sound biblical teaching. Church, I don't care how you get it, whether it's through YouTube, whether it's through the app, whether it's through the podcast, and if you're a little lazy reader and you wanna put an audio Bible up and you wanna get an audio teaching that's biblical, get sound teaching in your spirit. So that you won't be tossed, watch this, to and fro by every other wind of doctrine. Now, so the chapter 7, he comes in the temple and teaches. Look what he does the next chapter, the very next chapter, chapter 8. Look what he does when he comes into the temple. Jesus is in the house. Yeah. Now, look at John chapter 8, verse 2. Now, early in the morning, next chapter, he came again into the temple and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. Oh, man. Listen, listen, listen. He taught them in the temple. Hear me now, because I believe that we need to start hungering again for the pure milk and meat of the word of God to be taught to us, not just by a man uh, or or a preacher, but God does use these people because he did not leave us as orphans when it comes to our need for teaching that's why he said listen teaching is so important that when Jesus went into the temple several times he taught the kingdom of God and the word of God why because if you are not being taught you're going to stop growing if your spirit is not continually I'm not talking about learning mathematics or science or history all that is really cool but the Bible never says my people are perished because of a lack of knowledge of mathematics. Come on, somebody. He said, he said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge of his scriptures. Amen. There's so many people today that if you tell them Jesus is doing this or doing that, they'll believe anything that anybody says. Why? Because they don't have the word of God in them. You, you want to stop deception? Get sound teaching in you. Come on, amen. say Amen. So the scripture tells us to desire the pure milk, listen, and meat of the word. Can you, don't answer, the, don't answer me, but are you in a place in your life where you truly desire the word of God like you used to 10 years ago? Some people, you can't really answer that because you've kind of been on autopilot for a long time and you no longer hunger for the word of God. And you know what? I, what what's really, really sad is that we got so many gimmicks nowadays in, in, in this millennial age that we, we live in, this, this kind of young age that we live in, this technological age, that we no longer find the necessity to sit and receive the word. Though if Jesus felt it was important to come to the temple and continue to teach, we need to open up our spirit, man. Come on, say amen. Yeah. To sound biblical teaching from the word of God. There's two ways. You could go ahead and ask the Lord to continue to teach you, okay? But don't be so religious. I need, some people have said, well, I don't need anybody. I just have the Lord. Well, then let's just, let's just throw part of the fivefold, actually all of the fivefold out. Why would God, why would God create a fivefold ministry of, listen, what's the purpose of the, of the fivefold ministry? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teaching, so they could equip the people so they could do the work of the Lord. Not so those five could do the work of the Lord, is we're equipping you so that you could do the work of the Lord. Why would God give us the giftings of these fivefold ministries if it's just all I need is Jesus? All I need, see, see that, that quieted some of you because we're so religious because we can't get past the fact that we actually need each other. We can't get past the fact that God himself instituted teachers. doesn't mean they're the voice of God for you. That doesn't mean they're above God. No, he's instituted teachers for us to grow. Yes. I need your gift. You need my gift. Together, we will grow. Amen. Let me just say this. This is, this is powerful. He says, desire the pure milk of the word, right? But we need, we, we need people in our lives that will start. We need churches in our lives. We need leaders in our lives that tell us what we need to hear rather than what we want to hear. Oh, come on. That was a good place to say amen. We need churches. We need people. We need leaders. We need spiritual ministries to tell us what we need to hear biblically rather than what we want to hear. Yes. You know, I, I really believe, I really believe that one of the, the four things, according to scriptures, that cause a church to grow, we miss this because we always focus on the fellowship part and the prayer part. But we never focus on the teaching part. Do you know that one out of the four things? Oh, I'm going to shout right now. One of the four things, just four. Right? There was more little subparts, but the four major things that caused the early church to be sustainable and to grow was sound doctrine from yeah. the apostles. Right. Do you understand that it was church, It was teaching that one out of four teaching was the very thing that made them grow. Listen, can I just be honest with you? Uh, And I I know most people that are spiritual will say this, but a lot of them that just want crowds won't say this. I'd rather have 50 people that are growing in the word than 5,000 people just to say that we have five services. There's a lot. Oh, come on, come on, come on. There's a there's a lot of churches out there that are packed with three, four, five services. and And I praise God for that. Don't get me wrong for that. But can we really say that just because they're packed that they're packed in here? That they're spiritually strong in here. Right? Right? So, so so what, what happens is this. What made the early church grow strong, watch this, in the Lord and in the power of his mind, that they took time to sit and listen to teaching biblically. Oh, it's time for the church to hunger again for good, good biblical teaching. Come on, good biblical teaching. You know, I love, I love what Jesus said. You know, Jesus, you know, I have this phrase, so don't get offended. I mean, Jesus is like, has a little gangster in him, you know what I mean? Because, uh, like, because the, the, the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, give us, show us the signs of the time when your coming is. And, and it's like he didn't even, it almost seems like he didn't, like, address that, but he actually did. You know, give us the signs of your coming. Come on, to give us, you know, give us all that. He goes, take heed, no one deceives you. The first thing, read it, Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, it's not in my notes. The first thing he he says to address the signs is, beware that no one deceives you. And then about three or four verses later, he goes, oh, by the way, you know, the sun turning, you know, moon and blood and and earthquakes and and nation can rise against nation. But the first thing he says to address the sign of the times is there's going to be a lot of deception. Now, the deception, I hate to say it, it the Bible says, and if, even if those, if those days were short, even the very elect will be deceived. Now, deceived from what? Deceived from what's happening in the earth. That day that they thought was not gonna happen on the earth, but because they didn't get equipped with sound teaching, they're offended, right? That Missy Edwards song is, I don't wanna be offended when it all comes down, right? Well, the, the way that you're not offended is to be prepared in the Word. Oh, come on! Be prepared in the Word. Read that Bible out. Take that Bible out. Start dusting that Bible out of, of the things when you have that dust on. Open it up and start reading it again. Oh, glory to God! Look at Acts chapter two, just to prove what I said. One out of four. You know this, but I want, it's, it's so good to rehearse. Are you enjoying it this morning? Now, look at Acts chapter 2, verse 41, verse 42, and then jumping down to verse 46. Look at what it says. Then those who gladly received it. Now, remember, this, the church was just born pretty much. The New Testament church was just kind of new at this moment, all right? They received this word and were baptized. And that day, whoo, about 3,000 souls, watch this, were added. Not just were there, were added that were not already there, okay? And they continued... Continued, everybody say continued, continued. say continued, continued. say continued. continued, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread. Come on, the eaters, we love that one. Fellowship, breaking of bread, watch this, and prayers. Now watch this. Now you say, where's the church growth? Okay. So look at verse 46. Hop down to verse 46. So continually daily with one accord. Where? 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 In Where? In the, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Look at verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all people. Are you ready for this? This is church growth 101. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Man, I get convicted with that. Daily? Not just church, not just added in people that were numerical daily people that were getting saved daily there's people that we have visitors here and they don't maybe they don't get saved could you imagine every single day not every every sunday every single day monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday there'll be new people getting saved at rcc now that sounds like a miracle but it was normal back then and the recipe for church growth one of them was they stayed fast steadfastly in the apostles doctrine Ask yourself this question, church, before I go to the next, this, the next thing that Jesus did when he went to the house. Are you in a position that you truly, don't, don't raise your hand, that are you truly hungering for biblical teaching? Amen. Are you truly hungering for the word of God? You know, we have, we have a gifted teacher, teachers in our house. One of them is Harvest. Amen. Give it up for Harvest. Now, we're making some changes next year, but you know what? We have a church of 150, and this, this is me past, this is me as Pastor George pastoring you. This is not a rebuke, okay? But we have a church of 150 people, right? And we got six people signed up for our Zoom class. Six, right? It tells us that we may clap and shout about the desire for teaching, but we don't really want to pay the price to receive it. Because, you know why? Because it's inconvenient for us to sit down, for a couple of hours and hear the word of God when we got shopping to do, when we got we got SeaWorld, and we got and we got it's it's become inconvenient to sit and, and hear the word of God. But let's be old-fashioned for a little bit this morning. We need a pure desire and love for biblical teaching. Come on, say amen. amen. And so when Jesus went in the house, he taught. Everybody say taught. So as a matter of fact, sound biblical doctrine, if if people, if, if people reject the Bible tells us if people um, if people don't desire sound biblical doctrine, now it's not going to be on your notes. Three things will happen to people that that don't desire or hunger for biblical teaching of the Word of God in their life. Okay, number one, and y'all show you in Scripture. Number one, the Bible says that um, they'll follow their own desires. So these these are these are people that that specifically don't want uh, don't make room in their life for the Word of God in their life. Let me pause and say this because I feel this from the Lord. We have a lot of Christians that hide behind their giftings and are shallow in the word of God. Hear me, hear me, hear me. this This is for free. This is not in my notes, okay? so There's an appearance of maturity because they have a strong gift. But the word of God is shallow in their heart. And and when the word of God is shallow, you will you will give in to almost everything, and you're not going to be solid and grounded. And the, listen, the wind. The Bible says. The Bible says. Jesus said, "Those who hear my word and don't do it, I will liken them to someone who built a house on sand. Now watch this. The storm comes, and the wind comes, and great was its fall. But He's a fair God, so He continues. It says, "But those who hear my word and do them." I will compare them to a house that build their house on a rock and the same storm came and the same wind came, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. The foundation is the word of God. Get the word in you, my friends. I don't care what you gotta do. Even if you're half asleep, put that audio tape on or tape, audio uh, uh, CD. I had an old moment there. Audio Bible and get the word. Now watch this. So those who don't want teaching or biblical teaching, they'll follow their desires. Number two, they'll look for other people to tell them what they wanna hear. And number three, they will ultimately reject the truth. So watch this, watch this, watch this. Jesus went into the temple and what? taught right those who reject or don't desire or even don't have time for to to grow themselves in the lord three things will happen to those individuals all right they will one follow their own desires they'll start following their own desires and they'll start convincing that their own desires are biblical right all the time that doesn't mean your desires are are, are, are anti-biblical but it'll going to be a hundred percent your desires the second thing will happen is that they will start listening or looking to people that will tell them what they want to hear versus what they need to hear. And then thirdly, they will ultimately reject the truth altogether. You say, where is that in the scripture? I'm glad you asked. 2 <laughs> Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Classic scripture in the NLT. Ready? Get your Bibles out. 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is some rich stuff this morning. 1 through 4. Are you there? When you're there, say amen. Paul was speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he said this. I solemnly urge you, urge you, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Are you ready? Preach the word of God, Timothy. Be prepared when the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good. Come on, I I, I didn't, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. He, Paul the Apostle is, is saying, "Here's instruction to pastor the church here, Timothy. Prepare your people with good, biblical, what? Teaching. For a time will come when people will no longer listen, come on somebody, to sound and wholesome teaching. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's going to come a time, Timothy. Little did Paul know that it's happening even 2,000 years after he said that. A time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will, A, follow their own desires. That's number one. B, they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. That's B. And number three, they will reject the truth and chase after myths or fables when you and i get into a position where we're only a christian by title and not christians by activating the word of god in you then you will be be susceptible to these three traps right here you will start looking for watch this you know why people you know why people leave a lot of churches is because they don't they don't like how they feel sometimes when truth is spoken in church they, they, they don't like they don't like it, and that, can I can I just say this? The local churches need to be unafraid of teaching the pure biblical truth. That means even unpopular subjects like like hell, like sin. I mean, in sixty percent of the churches, if you speak on hell, the, the, you know what? Unfortunately, people will leave. And I'm going to say this lovingly, lovingly. All right. Unfortunately, the the majority of the people that will leave is the young adult. Uh, generation. Because a young adult adult generation has been used to the lights and the smokes and the and the fog machine and everything everything has to be everything has to be really nice and it has to the messages have to be 27 minutes right on the dock. The worship has to be twenty or else they'll get offended and leave. So if you ever talk about sin or hell or holiness, or here's a good one or here's a good one, finances. In the church the unpopular topics, people will get up and go because it's not millennial enough for them. It's not young adult enough for them. Oh, come on. It's not trendy enough for them. No, Jesus is the most trendiest person in the world. Come on, say amen. amen. So, so some churches avoid these teachings altogether because of fear of losing people. But in order for us to grow, everybody say grow. grow. Everybody say grow. grow. We must surrender and be willing and be hungry and disciplined to a sit under sound teaching and get sound teaching come on amen i'm serious i know this i'm taking a long time with this but jesus went into the temple several times and he taught if jesus taught we need to be taught now here's a little here's a little something for you don't ever get to a place in you walk with god that you feel that you're too above being teachable just because you can quote the Bible, just because you can preach well, just because you can teach well, just because you've been a Christian for 50 years, don't ever think in your heart, well, I already know that, this old news, I don't need to do that. The day you start thinking that way is the day you'll stop growing. <laughs> they you know, they asked they ask Rick Pino, who, who knows who Rick Pino is, okay? Now, Rick Pino, he's an amazing worship leader, right? And he, I saw this clip uh, about last year or something like that, and it really, really uh, convicted me and really touched me at the same time that he was in a conference of worship leaders, okay, and a worship, so they're all worship leaders, okay, so they lead congregations in worship. They're not novices in the faith, all right, and this one worship leader raised her, uh, her hand during the, during the, the um, question and answering time, and she said, um, Rick, I'm a worship leader at such and such church. How, what is your advice? Listen to this, church. What is your advice to get our congregation to stop just staring and be more engaged during worship? Come on, worship leaders, you know what I'm talking about. You're giving your heart out, and they're like, well there's a lesson there's two lessons there first of all worship leaders should not be looking at the crowd right uh to dictate their effectiveness but they're pressing in you know what rick pino said so this worship leader says what do i do to get our congregation more involved without even blinking he goes you need to teach on worship and he said this specifically he goes i'm not talking about a 10 minute sermonette during the announcements he says you need a couple of weeks to teach on worship and watch this are you ready Ooh, i feel the holy ghost He said, whatever you teach will grow. Oh, God, you need to to grasp this. If if you want a church filled with the Holy Spirit, there needs to be more teaching on the Holy Spirit. If you want a church that flows in healing, there needs to be teaching on healing. If you want a church that is vibrant and giving, there needs to be more teaching about giving. Because whatever you teach will grow. He said, you need to teach about it. And when it's like the, 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 the mic dropped, and I said, okay. If you want a culture of growth and activity and engagement, you need to teach on it. Wow. Everybody say teach. It's time to be taught the things of the kingdom. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That was point number one. (laughs) So when Jesus comes into the temple, he doesn't just overturn things. He takes time to teach the people. And so we need to get to the place after today that we start searching for things. You know what I do? I'll give you a little example. When I'm thirsty for a new word and I'm, or I'm searching for a new word, and maybe I'm struggling with it because we all struggle with that from time to time. I'll, I'll go literally for hours and look at old books, old videos, and see what pops out in my spirit because that's something that the Lord wants to teach me. right? How can you teach others if you're not taught... By the Lord, yeah. the word of God. If you're neglecting the word of God, come on. A lot of people, they stay at service for worship and, and then leave after the announcements and they don't hear the word. How are you going to grow? Yeah. All right. Number two. Look at this next slide out. Now, this is going to be a little different. When Jesus comes into your house, he gives you a fresh compassion for the lost that don't know the Lord. When Jesus comes into the temple or into the house, he begins to give you a fresh Compassion for the lost that don't know the Lord. Unfortunately, Jesus has tried to come into our house many times to stir us with new compassion for the lost, but we have been so Christian conscious. Listen to me, church. We are so Christian conscious with Christian language that only Christians know (laughs) that we have become unrelatable To people that don't know the Lord, and we have become to a place where we don't even know how to minister without saying some Christian slang. Like, yeah, brother, you know, we got delivered the other day, and praise God, the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage, brother. And the guy that doesn't know the Lord is like, what is anointing? What is break? I don't want you to break anything in me. Right? We talk Christianese to people. Why? Because we no longer have compassion like, we need to, watch this, for our sphere of influence that don't know the Lord. You say, where do you get this? I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 9. Again, when Jesus comes to the house, everybody say house. house. Or when he comes to the temple, say temple, temple. Are all symbolic of what he wants to do in our spiritual temple. So the first thing he did was t- in, this, in this message was teach. The second thing is to stir us with compassion for the lost. Watch this. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 through 13. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house. Say in the house. in the house. That behold, now remember he's in the house. The next thing that happens in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners, sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. That verse right there could preach for a whole hour. He didn't advertise himself. He didn't put banners up and say, Jesus 101, Son of God is here. Son of God is walking on the earth. Come see me to the right of Joshua Street. Look, look, look at this. <laughs> Many tax collectors and sinners sat down with him and the disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, The religious folk, the church folk, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Church, uh, don't don't wave your hands at me because I'm about to to throw a dagger at you and smile at the same time. You won't even know that I cut you. You won't even know it. When's the last time you witnessed your faith to someone that doesn't know Jesus? I'm not talking about inviting them to church. Praise God for that. Thank you for that. When's the last time you said, brother, sister, so and so? Have you ever accepted Jesus in your life? Do you know that Jesus has a plan for your life? Do you know that he died for you? Let's be honest. I'm talking to myself now, all right? When's the last time we shared our faith with some people? If we are in a place where we're constantly loving Jesus, right, that will flow out of us, right? And so the one thing that sadly is missing of many Christians' life, and especially so-called spirit-filled Christians' life, okay, is an authentic, godly compassion for the lost. Can I just be really honest? you allow me to be honest with you? Sometimes we Christians have this entitlement mentality that we feel like we forget sometimes that Jesus died for us so that we could be a light to the world. Listen, I'm going to say this. And it's not for every, it's not for every Christian. Right. It's not. This is not every Christian. But unfortunately, you if there's waiters in the room, if there's waitresses here in the church today, you will know that the worldly wait, waitresses and the worldly uh, waiters will say some of the most days that they do not look forward to are Sundays That's right. It's because all the Christians come out of the churches. And they know they're Christians, and they have this self-entitlement mentality. I have my food. You didn't get that. You didn't get back. You need to do that. And they leave zero tip, and, they, and, they, and then they, they, have, they have the nerve to leave them a scripture. on God loves you. For God of so the world. What kind of witness is that, church? You know what? We need to have a fresh Compassion, we were in prayer the other day, this past Tuesday, and the Lord said, compassion is the key that unlocks our heart to see people differently. Now, I want you to see something. Jesus was traveling for a long time. He did ministry all day, It's not like me. I'm, t- I'm tired after this service. I'm like, oh God, because I mean, a lot comes out of me to prepare. Jesus did this for hours and he didn't have a car. He would walk and, and people were thronging him and he would he would heal and then and then when he would heal, then send someone with an issue of blood and then power came out of him and then he had to come to the Jairus' house and then he had to go there. He was constantly being turned left and right and he was tired and he was hungry his disciples were probably a little cranky. You guys would be with me too. If you're, if you're with me for 20 hours and I'm, I'm just, uh, let's, go over here, let's go over here, let's go over here, let's go over here, let's go over here. Let's go over here. Where two next? Oh, Jesus, where two next? Come on, can we have fried chicken or something? Jesus, come on, give me some <laughs> cornbread or something. Come on, Jesus, can you sit down? No, we're gonna go over here, food. My food is to do the will of God. Okay, let's go with that. So he does this, right? Now, now I want you to know that, the, that, that what, what I'm about to read is probably more towards the end of the day where Jesus was ministering all day. Watch what compassion does to overrule how we feel. Are you ready for this? Matthew chapter 9. I'm getting excited about myself. Matthew chapter 9. Listen, I pray that you don't just look at this as a good sermon. Let this cut deep in you. Do you truly, don't, don't, don't say amen or anything. Ask yourself, do I truly have compassion that will overrule my comfort zone for people? When I'm going through a drive through ask yourself that, to get food after church. Am I more concerned about my stomach or that person's salvation? That. Now watch. Jesus went about all the cities, so there's proof, and all the villages teaching in their synagogues. He's a full day of ministry, right? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when, the, but when he saw the multitudes... He was, watch this, moved with compassion. Moved, moved. with. In other words, compassion moved him. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd, that he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Do you know that he never had an issue with the harvest? Harvest, he never had an issue with the harvest. Never. Thank God there's nobody named laborers in this house, Right? He said, "The harvest you have with you always." He goes, "They're going to be worldly people all the time." He goes, I'm not, "I want to reach them, but that's not the real issue. The real issue is that there are lack of laborers to reach the harvest." And then he said, "Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers." Could you hear his passion, guys? Come on, this morning. I'm just, I'm, I'm just having a talk with you this morning. Could you almost hear his plea to say, "Where's my church?" Where is my church? You think I'm pleading with you when I'm asking for volunteers? He was asking for laborers. He's like, can, can we have just a couple more laborers? Because there's like about 5,000 out there, and there's like 12 of us. When Jesus comes into the house, he's going to do a new thing in your house. Here's the second thing he's going to do when he comes into your temple. He is going to cause your gift, your, sorry, the bowels of compassion to be stirred once again in your life. Come on, say Amen. That means I pray that when the Lord starts doing something new in your temple, that you will start looking at people the way God views them. Yeah. And maybe, doesn't mean that you don't have issues of your, of your own. doesn't mean that you don't have any problems of your own. But guess what? You could have problems as a Christian, and you still could go to heaven. Uh-oh. Amen. But people that don't know the Lord, they won't go to heaven. Listen, this is scary, no matter how nice they are. That's biblical teaching right there. I'm back to point one. There's, a, there's, these, there's these notorious things that if you're a good person, then you're just going to go to heaven. Well, if that's the case, why did Jesus have to die a brutal death? All right? Jesus had been ministering all day, and he saw this. The church needs to stop being afraid to declare Jesus to a secular world. Because the fact is, church, listen to me. The fact is that people need the Lord. People need the Lord. Your co-worker needs the Lord. Your, 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 your neighbor needs the Lord. Your family needs Jesus. They need to hear you talk about Jesus more than you talk about your problems. The world is waiting. The Bible says all of creation is waiting Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God and the daughters of God. That means the plants. That means the worldly people. That means the animals. They're, they're saying anytime time now there's a promise where God's people are going to rise and show the glory of God on the earth. We think about our lives, church. Are we powerless people? Are we complaining people? Do we want it our way? Right? The Bible says no love is greater than this, than a man laid down his life for a friend. Nowadays, if you don't get your dinner on time, you're not laying down nothing for anybody. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. God forbid you go to a restaurant, Christians, Christians, Christians. You go for a restaurant, and your dinner is 30 minutes late, and you're like, "I I can't believe it. And these people, like, don't even know the Lord. They need to see the light in us. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I want the worship team to come up because I'm going to my last point. You may be the only church that people will ever encounter. I want you to hear this, church. I want you to hear this, church. Some people will never step foot inside a church, but you are the only church that they will ever encounter. Some people will never come into RCC. But I want to say something, a a question that I felt the weight of the Lord on that I want to share with you just now. And I want you to to own it. Not not elbow your next door neighbor or say, well, that's good. No, I want you to own this for everybody, including me. And I wrote it down. This is the question that I wrote down for you to ask yourself. I want you to write this down, actually. It's not going to be on your notes, okay? What are... What are you going to do? Sorry, what am I currently doing with lost souls that are in my sphere of influence on a regular basis? Yes. What am I currently doing with lost souls that are in my sphere of influence on a regular basis? Got quiet up in this Methodist church here. Watch this. My sphere of influence is different than your sphere of influence. Yes, I'm a pastor, but guess what? I still have neighbors. From the front, back, left, and right. And some neighbors are hard to deal with. I still got family members. Just because I'm a pastor, somebody, oh, pastor, you live in a bubble. No. Everybody has people that they have sphere of influence to. All right? Think about this. I know this could be convicting, but it's good convicting. And I don't say this to boast, but I will tell you this. I'm not ashamed. If I will leave the room, this is a good test, right? This is a good test to see if people really think that you're a Christian or or, or not. I can leave this, this room right now and have one of my neighbors come in and ask any question that you want concerning my faith. My neighbors will tell you, oh, Pastor George, Georgie boy. They're from Guyana. You're from Guyana. Georgie boy. They know that every single opportunity I have, I will pray with them. There was, there was a time that, that, that I, I, I share my faith. They know I'm a man of God by my actions and by my words. Not because I'm perfect, because I am intentional about recognizing that there's people that living around me that don't know the Lord. And here I am, a pastor, loves the Lord. Many times that there will be, there will be uh, Having parties, great people having beers, and I would come up there, hey, George, how you doing? I go, hey, oh man, you know, George, you know, they would know who I am. Oh, could you, could you please pray for me? You know, my, 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 there's some real severe t- problems with having my family. I, and they were shocked. I was, go, let's pray right now. they like, right now? I go, right now. So they would put their hats down and keep, keep their beer hel- her- held in one hand. <laughs> I would think that they would put the beer down, but they put their hat down. True story. And they would hold hands. And right there, right there in a circle with about 10 of them holding beer cans, beer bottles. They bowed their heads and they prayed with them. I'm not saying this to, to the point that I'm special. I'm saying that we need to have compassion for those that are not saved. Stop treating worldly people as if they were saved. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to sit there. They're cursing. They're worldly people. They're supposed to curse. I'm not endorsing court cursing. Be like, oh, how dare them curse? They're not even saved. Your faith is not going to go anywhere if you sit next to them. As a matter of fact, hopefully, your faith will rub off on them. Brother, I noticed that you were kind of really exuberant about some things over there. <laughs> and then and then you start talking about why you have joy. Come on, somebody. Why you have peace. And guess what? Who knows that the gifts of God will start operating in you? I find that the gifts of God won't operate until you take that step. There's times where I'm like, uh, I don't feel anything, I don't feel anything. The moment I just start talking, all of a sudden, I just the gifts of God start operating in my life. I'm like, you know... Have, you know, did you have a father in your life? No, like the, No, never had a father in my life. Boom, open door. To talk about my loving father. Third thing that Jesus did when he went to the house or to the temple. You hearing me good? Because I have my lapel mic today, okay. The third thing, are you getting something this morning? How many feel the Lord speaking to you this morning? I heard T.D. Jakes years ago, he said... If you're not in a church that makes you feel ouch every now and then, you're probably in the wrong church. So if you're feeling an ouch this morning, know it's a Holy Ghost ouch. Thirdly, put that put that last slide up. That last slide up. When Jesus truly encounters your temple, actually, he will. I'll, I'll write. I'll read that. But I want to go to that. He'll give you godly compassion to move past how you feel and into action for people that need Jesus. But thirdly, the last one, if you could put that last slide up, when Jesus comes to your house, he desires to make us completely healed, delivered from all washes, sickness, disease, and I know I'm going to say this in Sunday service, demonic spirits. That's another taboo word in the church today. In most churches that are not spirit-led or spirit-filled, I'm not saying that we're better at all, but you don't hear the fact that they are demonic spirits in the world, alright now you say, when Jesus is in the house he does this, look at lastly Mark chapter 1 and then we're going to close Mark chapter 1 verse 29 the word of God is awesome now watch this when you're there say amen now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, watch this they entered the house, here it is again so they're out of the synagogue and they go into the house. What does Jesus do now when he comes to this house? He went to the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife, mother's uh, mother, his mother-in-law, lay sick with a fever. And they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left healing in the house. And she served them. Now watch this at evening he's still in the house okay he's ministering at evening when the sun had set they brought to him all who were sick and all who were what demon possessed and the whole city was gathered at the door that means he was in the house if you're if you're gathered at the door you don't have to you you don't have to be in the house okay The whole city was gathered at the door to try to get into the house because he was healing in the house. He was delivering in the house. He was setting people free in the house from demon possession, from sickness and diseases. When Jesus comes in the temple, he heals all diseases and he frees from all demonic spirits. I believe Jesus is coming again to your house to address areas of bondage. Listen, areas of bondage that you have tolerated for years and called them weaknesses. We 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 tolerate them in the name of that's my weakness. My friend, if you've been struggling with sexual perversion for 15 years and can't stop, that's no longer a weakness. I love you enough to tell you it is bondage and you have to you won't get rid of it as long as you call it a weakness, but you will get rid of it if you call it a bondage. He healed all who were bound by demonic spirits. Glory to God. Now watch this, that he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. I'm almost done. Jesus isn't only coming to overturn stuff, church, in the temple. He's not only coming as this seemingly zealous, angry God, no. He's coming to teach you the Word of God. To some of you, he's coming again in a greater way and, and he's simply saying, would you make room for teaching in your life? Would you make room, that means, watch this, God forbid, make a spiritual investment in your life. Maybe go to an online school. Maybe set some time out of your busy life to hear some of our deep Bible studies that we have once a month so you could grow. Disney will always be there. Fun will always be there. But what are you doing to invest into your spirit man? Woo. I have news for you. Growth is not going to come through osmosis. Not by yourself. It's not going to come while you're sleeping. Wow, I just, you wake up and you're like, wow, I learned five new scriptures today while I was sleeping. I was sleeping. No. You have to make time. Come on, say time. Number two, he wants to stir compassion in your house. To some of you, you may have number one pretty good, but number two is a little weak. You may need the compassion to be stirred again, to look at worldly people like worldly people and in desperate need of a Savior because we have a wonderful Savior. We have a beautiful Savior. And people need the Lord. We need to start thinking that way again. Don't take for granted wherever you go that people around you don't uh, know the Lord because most of them don't. And God is storing something in me. And that's why I thank God for our outreach initiatives with Cheryl and our evangelism team that's going out. Literally when the boxes are being opened, our evangelism team are knocking on doors in these apartments telling people about Jesus. That's what they were doing. You open up the heart through food. They're like, hey, who who is kindness to give you food? Well, there's a church called Remington Christian Center, but I don't want to talk about the church right now. I want to talk about Jesus right now. And then lastly, he wants to heal your disease. He wants to heal your sickness, and he wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver you from bondage, from darkness. That's what Jesus wants to do. Who the son sets free is free indeed, but you got to hunger for it. You've got to be available for it, and you've got to be disciplined for it. Can I hear an amen? Let's all stand up. Come on. Let's all stand up, and we're going to pray. How many are receiving from the Lord this morning? Come on. I want everyone to close your eyes right now. We're going to go into a song, Zach or whoever. And I want us to, to, to take heed to these three things. And I don't want you to put your Christian mask on. I don't want you to put your your strong Christian face on. I want you to say, Lord, I truly am in a place that I want to hunger again. If I can be honest with you, being a pastor and being someone who prepared very hard every week, believe it or not, one of the things that was challenging for me a couple of years ago is a fresh desire of the word of God. You say, how is that? Well, I'm always reading. I'm always uh, preparing for a sermon. And the Lord says, don't, listen, this is, this is for people that are, that are leaders, don't just open the word when you gotta preach and teach open the word for your soul how can a young man cleanse his way? by taking heed according to your word, hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you and the sower who sowed, sowed the word, it's all there, here's what I'm, I'm challenging you before we lift up our hands and pray, I want you to see this you either fit in all three categories or, or a couple of categories. Number one, you may be someone, maybe like me, that was been saved for a long time, but you realize that your hunger level for the Word and for teaching is not what it used to be. You spend more time listening to music, to going out and comfort places, than you do sitting down, literally, and allowing the Word of God to grow you through teaching. Some of you are in the second category. Jesus comes to the house, And the Bible says sinners were attracted to him when he went into the temple. Some of you need a good old-fashioned stirring of compassion. Come on, say that with me. Say, God, stir. Come on, say, stir. Compassion in me. Say, stir. Compassion in me. And number three, some of you simply just need to receive that when Jesus comes to your house, he desires to set you free from bondage. But you got to want it. I said, you've got to want it. Yeah. Many people that are in bondage today are not free because they like their bondage and they don't want to get rid of it. They enjoy their bondage. You've got to say, I am tired of grieving God's heart and I want to be set free. Come on, lift up our hands right now. Come on, I want all over this place. Lift up our hands before we close. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, you're worthy. Jesus is the way the truth and the life amen you are Come on, lift your hands all over this place he's a waymaker you never stop you never stop allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you now when don't even when I don't feel it's your are working you never stop you never stop working. take your Jesus you never stop you never stop working even when I don't your work Jesus Darkness my God that is who you are. Waymaker, Waymaker, he's the Waymaker this morning. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the dark. Pastor George, I want Jesus to come into my temple in a greater, concentrated way. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.